Hello and welcome. It is yet another A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. Ooh. We're doing the Enterprise thing now because Chris told us to. The order of shows told us to. <laughs> That's true. We did TAS. This is still better than TAS, but still Enterprise so far. Little sloggy, little inconsistent. These two episodes, just the same. The two episodes we are covering this week on our episode 320. Woo! Which is quite a lot. Quite a lot it of is. episodes. Very many. Uh, these are The Andorian Incident and Breaking the Ice. Uh, as usual... As as just has always been forever and ever, amen. This is Ames. This is Caitlin. This is Chris. Jake. You skipped Jake. I did. It's I went fine. Fuck. Jake, Jake is fine. Jake is here. Sorry, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. No one gives a shit. The points don't matter. It's fine. Some I noticed that some of our audience are keeping like uh, on one of their fan sites like a record of have when we go out of order, which I find amusing. Yes. It's Chris. It's Chris that does it. Well, All right. So these two episodes, apparently it's like Archer cannot do diplomacy week here on <laughs> SSHB. Uh, let's kick it off with just being the worst to Vulcans in the Andorian incident. So we're flying around and Archer notices a Vulcan monastery. It's called Pajem and it's up ahead and he tells T'Pol, I want to visit that monastery. And T'Pol's like, That'd be a bad idea because it's monastery and you can't just drop in on religious sites because that's rude as fuck, Archer. Would you do this to the Dalai Lama? Actually, he probably would. And Archer will have, would have none of it. He really wants to go down there and see the, see the stone of Jakar so bad. So he and Trip and Topol drop in unannounced. They barge into their temple when no one answers because the, the door is busted. And the monk that's standing there is like, dude, we're praying. It's prayer time. It's always prayer time here on Pajem. So keep it short and polite and quiet. And Archer's like, fucking no! <laughs> Archer will still well, have none of it. He's all over the place in here. And he's strutting around and he pokes his grubby hands on the stone of Pajem. And he's generally rude to this monk and a suspic suspicious jerk who will just you really shouldn't have this job, guys. He's kind of the worst at this job of meeting rude? new I didn't people. Think he was that rude? I found him terrible. I found well, him as exactly how I'd expect human beings to well, be trying to visit a tourist location in space, but it we'll, wasn't we'll a get tourist to location. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I hated him in this scene. But it's all it all comes to a head because oh, he notices this Andorian hiding somewhere. And everyone gets taken hostage by Commander Shran. That's right, all. It's the introduction of Commander Shran. So at least something came out of this episode. All right. So Shran says, we're checking out to make sure this monastery isn't hiding some kind of sensor array, which would be in violation of our treaty. And the monk is like, gee, thanks, Archer. They would have just come here, looked around, found nothing, as they would do, and left. But now that you're here mucking up the works, prepare for the torture, <laughs> bitch. Uh, so Shran tortures Archer for a while. And eventually the Vulcans relent and they say, oh, well, since you got your face beaten to shit, we'll show you that there's a, there's a phone in our catacombs. 
if you don't buy <laughs> if you if you don't mind walking by like dozens of corpses first and trips and lots like of spider webs trips like Huge i'm there spider webs can i also go play in your reliquary full of your most breakable of artifacts and like no trip stay out of there that's not for you skip ahead skip ahead archer goes into the torture room again because he wants to test a theory that these there are three lights that trip saw in a triangle and he's like it's a triangle therefore it's a it's the face it's olmec that thanks trip and archer thinks it's the face in the torture room so he's gonna go and double check that that's what it is i guess i think that's what happened it was unclear to me and of course it is the face that you know trips are in the fucking lights and yay so reed beams down just in time to crash through that wall start a firefight utterly destroy everything in the sacred site in the catacombs in the crypt in the reliquary, in the room hiding the long-range sensor. Wait a minute! <laughs> Wait a minute! You guys do have a long-range sensor array. You guys! You naughty Fre Vulcans. Freaking lying Vulcans, am I right? Hey, and they're made out to be so bad. Way worse than these hyper-violent Andorians who kept saying they wanted to rape T'Pol. Dude, but so it, much. What the fuck? Hey, but at least they didn't lie. The end. Okay, so I have to defend Archer here. Oh, boy. Oh, do do, don't, don't even bother because I hate his guts. The reason he was doing that in that scene, though, was because T'Pol was like, something is wrong. Yeah, but you don't act like it. Oh, well, that that's true, but... Like, I could th see... But the reason the he was being so ridiculous was to buy time. Imagine... Kirk, when he walks into a, or, or, if, if he were dealing with a species who he already knows is a, has a different culture than him, and he thinks, I have to drag this out so I can figure out if something's wrong, he would be respectful about it at the very least. Yeah, right. He'd be dick fucking balls deep in somebody. Being fair, but it's respectfully also, balls deep. Oh, it's, okay. It's easier for Kirk to drag things out because of the way he talks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like, I, there was a line, I think it was when, you know, he gets to poke the rock of whatever the fuck briefly. Gibraltar. Yeah, after, after T'Pol says, oh yeah, we should see the rock at least while we're here. The guy brings out the rock. Archer storms right past him. The guy gives him- He touches a, the rock. Hmm? He does touch it first. He, no, he touches it after. Does he? Oh. He touches it after. He storms by first, looks around, comes back, pokes the rock. The Vulcan gives a little spiel in Vulcan. And I think the line is, what does all that mean anyway? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I fucking hate you. Same. I was really annoyed he's bad at buying well, time. Actually. The one complaint I had was like, because I didn't mind. I'm like, fine, he's buying time. I get it. But couldn't he have found a way to tackle the Andorian without destroying the 3,000 year old changing yeah. screen? Fucking amateurs. What fun would that be? But then again, there's a very good chance all this shit was fake and bought from a Christmas tree shop because apparently they have chickens and horses on Vulcan. I, they I, have... I, don't, I just don't know why you find it that hard to imagine that, that they would have these things. Yeah, every, every planet has the same equivalence of every animals on Earth. But I, I don't know that we've ever seen horses off of Earth. Yeah, Star Trek V. Fuck. It did. It mm. did have a little ho unicorn horn, but it was a horse. I just, I don't know. There was like a scene where Trip is standing in front of a chicken statue, and I'm just like, really? 
And then later there's a horse statue. Well, and I'm I like, mean, they keep ha- having all these bipedal humanoids show up. Why would they not have... Yeah, it's all from the chase. When yeah. they seeded the planet, they seeded for the animals, too. The also, different- they had very Perfect. clearly just taken, like, generic Asian statues and put Vulcan ears on them. Woof. Because, again, Orientalism is still very strong well, in most depictions of Vulcans. Perhaps their friends got their ears caught in a rice picker. Wah. But yes, I, I had a lot of issues with some of the set decoration. It's like, you didn't have to have an animal there at all. You didn't have to have a person there. Yeah, but to... they had to have something. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like they, they could have found trinkets that weren't people and animals. Wow. That's very specific, Chris. Chris is feeling really bent out when's, of shape. When's Could the last time you were at a religious site, Chris? They love yeah, people a, and animals. It's a Vulcan religious site. They could have different things. Yeah, they could have vegetables. In fact, minerals. Most, not that we've seen a ton <laughs> of them, but from what little we have seen of Vulcan sites in the past, there haven't been depictions of people and animals. Been, I did like that their robes did look a little like the ones you see in Search for Spock. That is true. That was a good touch. Yeah, actually, the first scene, actually, in the, the teaser, where it's just them walking around their monastery and then Andorians show up, I was first thinking, yes, these robes look right for Vulcans. Yep. And then, did we need this teaser? <laughs> mm. Would it have Which, been more interesting if we just launched in not knowing that there had been Andorians at the monastery? Oh, fuck no. No, there needed to be something. It's Enterprise. There's too much nothing in this fucking show. They had to let us know <laughs> something was actually going to be fucking happening. <laughs> Also, I looked to Paul. Well, you know, it's a 3,000-year-old door. Okay, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to see that that is recent damage, though. Yeah, that's like, true. Come on. We're not that stupid. Must touch the little tail. Touch that tail. Oh, my God, it's so cute. If I keep this in, our cat Hades is visible on the Zoom, and he really wants to walk on my keyboard. Oh, he's so cute. He's the cutest. Um, Low cutest. What did you Man. think, Jake? Because I'm mostly angry. Chris, it feels compelled to com- to, to to stand up for Archer. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't that bothered by this this one. Yeah, I mean it's not perfect, but uh, I don't know. I like the introduction of the uh, Andorians. Mm-hmm. Didn't need the rapist one. Hated him. No, fuck that guy. Oh yeah, yeah that, that guy wasn't sucks. great. Didn't like that. Thank God it was not Shran, at least though. Yeah, seriously, we can't have another cork situation here. Yeah. I want to uh, like Shran yeah. someday. If he was a rapist, that would make me upset. <laughs> really, though, honestly, like for all that Archer fucked up, Reed, man, Reed was just like, just so we know, uh, I'm bringing explosives. Right. His like, first, when I, I forget if they'd even gotten in touch with Trip yet. And he's like, somewhat, oh, yeah, I think they must have because they mentioned Andorians. And they're, you know, it was when Tran talked with reed and said he's everyone's being held hostage by the andorian imperial Imperial guard or what have you and reed's like everyone get down get ready to get down there right now grab all the weapons do all these things uh hoshi research andorians i'm like great that's number five on your list of things to do how excited was he when he was reading it and got to militaristic he was like Oh, that means I'm allowed to shoot them in the middle of of a religious site and destroy everything utterly Ah, Hoshi, you're in charge. I'll be in my bunk. Woof. Reed loves violence. (laughs) Yeah. So moving on from Reed, what did y'all think of the design of the Andorians? We really haven't seen much of them on Star Trek. 
They're clearly hiding the mechanism that moves the antennae under their foreheads. Yeah, that's why their foreheads have gotten so big. I said the same thing. They're almost yeah. as big as the one we saw in TNG in uh, The mm, Offspring. Yeah. I was just thinking that the Deedly Bops move like kind of way too much. Yes. It was very distracting. I What? What is their purpose? Are they are they sensory organs? Like what are, what are they telling them? What is the purpose <laughs> of any antenna? To let them know that they have a boner. Like hey, just so you know, Shran, you are uh, fully erect. It, it I we do eventually find out they at least play some part in equilibrium. Okay. But aside from that, I don't think they've ever said specifically what they're for. Yeah, I thought Trip made a ba- made an ass of himself when he was like, "What you 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 can't scan to see if this this equipment you're looking for is is here with those antennae of yours." I'm like, "Trip, you have no I idea what antennae that I was do." Stupid. I was like, <laughs> "Have you Honestly, seen an ant before, asshole?" I kind of hated Trip in both these episodes. I feel like I was belittling him throughout this entire episode. Was I not? Mm. Mostly, yeah. Yeah, I just couldn't. I was like, "Shut the fuck up, Trip." <laughs> Yeah, well, I was just shut the fuck up, Archer. Oh, yeah, same. Just I mean, the yeah. worst. Just Everybody the worst. Everybody should shut the fuck up, all of them, really. Especially the Vulcans. But especially the humans. But especially the Andorians. <laughs> but especially us on this podcast. Oh, well, this uh, like, a short I, episode. I, I, I do say- get the urge to, like, show, and I think this is something that Braga wanted to do with this show, is show that we're not really good at this yet. We still don't know all the things that characters in future or in past but future series would know. And we're winging it by the seat of our pants every week. I get that. I still don't know how Archer got this job. Nepotism. Yeah, no, wait, you're right. That was Trip. No, wait, no that, that that's Archer. It was Archer, right? Yeah. When you think about like a lot of religious sites on Earth, I feel like so much of it is just tolerating rude tourists because you want their money. Now, the Vulcans don't want Archer's money, so they should have just neck-pinched him and thrown him out the door, but... Yeah, but there's religious sites that you also don't allow outsiders in. That's true, but apparently, you're allowed to show up to Pajem as long as they're not in the middle of mass colonar. They didn't even put it on their map because they didn't want people showing up. Well, well, given that it turns out that it's actually just a cover for a espionage site... There, there's other reasons why they didn't include it in their maps. Oh, I might be mistaking a different thing that wasn't in the map. Yeah, I was about to say, anyway. I'm pretty sure they no, saw it on the map. Like I think you're, you're thinking of the, of, the, of the comet. Or the protostar. There was a protostar. Which, for all we know, didn't, because if it's a protostar, maybe it didn't exist when they first made the map. It's true. Could be that new. Or um, the protostar is also a cover for some sort of espionage operation. Truth. Because Vulcans are fucking liars. Or it's the Protostar, and it's those dang kids from Prodigy. Yay! Save Star Uh, Trek Prodigy. Yeah, I do feel like... Save Prodigy. I feel like when this show came out, I I remember, like, people were upset, like, by the depiction of Vulcans. But... No, they're, they're, they're consistent. Yeah, they're... I mean, we've watched everything that led up to this. Vulcans suck! Yeah, I was gonna say, they're just basically just being space dicks, which seems to kind of be their thing. Like, Spock is probably, like, the exception, and even he has moments. And he's half-human. Yeah, yeah, and he's been hanging out with humans for a very long time. Yeah. So it's just and like, he's in no, love they're, with a human. they're jerks. I mean, Bones? seems yes. pretty consistent. I think people just mostly think about Spock. It's like, yeah, Spock, okay, but think of every other Vulcan we've met. 
There was Captain Racist Prick from Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Tapau. Well, we didn't know much about her. She was just well, stoic. We, we knew in a muck time that she didn't tell Kirk that this was a fight to the death when he signed up for it. True, true. That's kind of dickish. True. Yeah, Vulcans, like we said with Spock, they just, they all play things way too close to the chest. Vest. There were at least a couple of prick Vulcan admirals. Like, not evil, just assholes. Hmm. You know, it's just... Yeah, Vulcans are the worst. Oh, yeah, you know who pretty- else I'm still finding the worst? Fucking flocks. Oh, there we get to <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. How hard are they trying to like shoehorn him into a Neelix shaped space? It's Very. not gonna work. He doesn't have Listen, this is coming. He's off putting. He's an off putting man. Super off putting because it's like his tone is universally condescending. Like <laughs> He never sounds like he wants to have a nice chat. He's always like, hmm, not enjoying your human food. I'm going to just take celery off your plate and eat it. And then ask after the fact if I can have some. Yeah, there's there's definitely there's a definite like. Creepy guy, I don't want to hang around with vibe to him and like the way he smiles and everything. He's just he's just like he's like that guy that you work with that if you're in the coffee room at the same time as him, you just kind of want to get your shit and go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You see him enter the elevator and you're like, I'm taking all of the stairs. Like, Mm. I think Uh, working hard or hardly working. That's him. Whoa. Is he Colin Robinson? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you guys watch Oh, yes. The Shadows? Yeah, we we do. do. We're we're finally finally watching it. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, Phlox is a fucking energy vampire. That's, You're right. That's I what love it. it. Is. That's perfect. <laughs> like, I feel like maybe they're trying to go for like a show don't tell of just like Denobulans are a way too open culture, but they're just making him off putting. There's got to be a better way to do it than what they're doing right now. Yeah, get Neelix. Yeah, the fact that T'Pol says, like, you know, I don't like hanging around humans, they smell all this thing, which frankly, you know, we do, we get it. And she hangs out with Flox a little bit in this in this episode. And he, you know, is haranguing her like, oh, you don't hang out with the humans, I see. But you hang out with me, who's even further in the opposite direction of Vulcans than than them. Well, but maybe he doesn't smell at all. Like, maybe, maybe that's his species it. doth not sweat. I'll, well, here's the thing. There's at least some common ground in that they're both not human. That's true. And at the very least, for all that he's a pain in the ass... He's not going to be constantly racist at her. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. When fucking Archer says to somebody, I'm all ears. No offense, fellas. They wouldn't have known to be offended by that until you said no offense. Exactly. Yeah, because I wonder how it translated. This is where we get into that thing about how universal translators like, do they literally say I'm all ears in like Vulcan or do they try to like make it into a similar idiom so they would understand it? Yeah, I'm hearing that. I hear what the Spock's cooking. Like, I. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what just happened there. (laughs) It was magic. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I wish the Spock. Blog Tivity hadn't already gone live. <laughs> I would insist you make that the title. Oh, rats. Fuck. Okay, someone keep that in your back pocket from when we get to either the Kelvin oh, yeah, timeline Discovery. or Plush Trek. I need to use that as a title. <laughs> and he'll be back then. Aw. Fuck. I, I derailed this. I apologize. You're good. You're good. We are just talking about how Flox is off-putting. 
No, we moved past that? Oh, uh, yeah, we were talking about what? Oh, all ears. Yeah, no, I feel like yeah. you would say no offense if you'd said that in a room full of Ferengi. Exactly, yeah. But I think they have Vulcans. before, too. Well, but also, I don't feel like you would say no offense because being all ears is like a huge deal for the Ferengi. They love having big lobes. I don't think Archer would say no offense because Archer always seems to intend to offend. Well, that and even by the time of like 24th century Starfleet, remember, it's okay to be racist against Ferengi. Yeah, yeah it's fucked up. It is. It is. It's it's, you know, the dirty little secret of Star Trek. They there's always somebody it's OK to be racist against, even in Star Trek. It's fucked up. And it's probably. Awkward. Speaking of things that are awkward, I I didn't quite follow and I had to ask Jake to explain what was going on with this three lights thing. Oh, and yeah, because then... it wasn't clear at all. In my opinion. Yeah, because when you say, oh, yeah, I saw three lights shaped like this, I think I missed seeing the three lights in the wall, so that didn't help me either. Well, they also did the, the crossfade to make it more plain. Oh, and that was too obvious. That was just... I think that was just showing the audience, like me, who didn't get it, what was going on, but I just thought it was a dumb crossfade. Same. And then Archer says to Shran, I'm ready to talk to you alone. But then... All the other Andorians go with him, and none are left watching the hostages. No ever. one's ever with the hostages. They're yes, idiots. Very bad at this. They're real bad guys. Mm-hmm. Militaristic, but dumb. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even know if I could tell you what I think of Shran yet, just because... He's barely in it. Yeah, he's he's not yet a presence, which seems His better episodes come later. Yeah, which hey, seems odd because it's Jeffrey Combs and he's always a presence. Yeah. Well, again, he does get points for not being the rapey one. Yeah, the rapey one needs to die. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm here Painfully. for that. My last note that I wrote is who died and made Arthur Arthur Archer can't read my handwriting. Archer, king of both Andoria and Vulcan, and that he can just decide, well, Vulcan broke this treaty. I'm going to storm in with my cock out and say, hey, let's tell all the Andorians and, you know, let's shed light on all of this. It's like, dude, this had nothing to do with you at all. Also, T'Pol doesn't even object. He's like, does this seem okay with you? And she's just kind of like... She has no Duh. lines. She has no lines for like the last couple scenes of the episode. She, she didn't look happy when she saw the room. She never looks happy. She's too yeah, tall. that's true. In a specific way. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, I believe even she was taken aback by this. I couldn't tell because it was just her normal face, I thought. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, it's hard to tell. Is she taken aback or... Is she just mad that they figured it out and now she looks like a liar? Or no, is it just she... Jolene Blaylock thinking, look pissed, look pissed, look pissed, done. Next you know, scene. I... Oh, do, I... you, do you think that, that you think that's intentional on her part? I assume T'Pol doesn't know either. I feel like this is very classified. <laughs> but what does Jolene think? <laughs> she thinks that she's fucking coming and stealing your man. Damn it, I was about to say that. Well, you gotta be pretty quick around here. Mm. Like Jolene. Hey, did I have any notes on this that were interesting? Let's find out. Oh, it was directed by Roxanne Dawson. Her first oh, cool. of ten episodes in Enterprise. Wow. Nothing oh, wrong with the it... directing, I thought, so. Was it one of last week's LeVar Burton, and did yes. we remember to mention that? We did. I think we did. Good. Pretty sure we did. Uh, oh, sure here we go. Here's a good notes, note. Otherwise, I don't know how I would know. Originally, the, villain, the vil villains in this episode were going to be the Gorn... But the writers eschewed that because they assumed the Gorn couldn't talk. Even though in Arena, the Gorn totally talks. 
He does. I mean, through a weird translator dealy, but they do talk. I mean, I don't blame them not wanting to touch the Gorn. Especially that era of Gorn. But when we see how they do decide the Gorn should look, oh, we yeah, see they, a Gorn in a few seasons. They are going to do it eventually, so... Oh, no. Get Thank prepared. God they went with Andorians. <laughs> also, it just makes more sense, you know? It's like, oh, we know these guys all eventually get together and found the Federation. Let's see how they were. For oh, not good. Not good. Oh, God. Did they know that they were founding members at that time? Or did I, Enterprise come up with it eventually? No, I think it had already been established by this point. Yeah, I okay. thought it was established in Journey to Babel. Was yeah, it? I just okay. knew there were a bunch of people like hanging around for Journey to Babel. I didn't know yeah, if was... they, they were the founding members. I think that they talk about it because it's the Tellarites, the Andorians, the Vulcans, and the people, humans, right? Who was yeah. the pretty blue girl? Who were the, the short gold men? Oh, there were other people too, but I, I think that might be when they established who the founding members had been, maybe. I do not remember. Neither do I. Maybe, maybe I'll rewatch Journey to Babel. Do worse things, like watch the next episode. See, this is the one I hated less, and I think it's because there's an interesting T'Pol story in here. Uh, I mean, I, I will I concede that there is a T'Pol story There is a T'Pol story in here, and the thing is, like, most of these other episodes, they haven't had anything for any of the characters that were interesting, so. That's true. Let's move on to Breaking the Ice. Here's my synopsis. Let's see, we're flying around. My standard opening, every time. Synopsis. We come across this huge comet cometing around, and it seems to contain a bunch of icelium, this mineral that even the Vulcans might be interested in. And they're interested in so few things that Archer has to be racist about it all the fucking time. So Yay. let's go in and have a snowball fight on the comet. So here we go. Archer gets his panties in a twist when he sees a Vulcan ship, the Timur, has dropped by to observe, and its captain, Vanek, is your typical high and mighty Vulcan snob. So Archer's already prepared to be a dick. And to make matters worse, he sees that, oh noes, they sent a coded message to T'Pol, and they're not supposed to. How dare they? And instead of asking about it, or like confronting T'Pol, he just says, hey, Hoshi, decode the thing, and we'll read it in front of her with mocking voices and laugh hysterically. But then for some reason, Hoshi can't read Vulcan for reasons. And she's like, hey, the she, message is in Vulcan. She chooses not to. I think it's because the writers didn't want to have a scene with two women in it. But that's just Ouch. me. Woof. But, but no, she did also say she didn't want to read the letter there. She did say like, fine, specifically. Fine. So she hands it off to Trip, and Trip agrees to read the letter and he realizes, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> this... This isn't Vulcan tomfoolery that we could all point and laugh about. It's just a normal letter to T'Pol and a very personal one at that. And it's really awkward and Trip feels bad. Let's get back to the other part of the episodes. We uh, we have an overly long scene of the crew doing a video uh, interview for an elementary school. Yeah, that, went, that just went the fuck on. I liked the first minute of it because I was like, oh, yeah, this is totally the kind of stuff that you see in elementary schools. And they do they do this shit in NASA. And then it just went on for days. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to attack them or something to <laughs> just interrupt it. Oh, God. And poor Trip having to explain poop on the on the Enterprise. So Reed and Mayweather are down on the comet making a snowman. I mean, mining for Icelium. That's what they're busy doing. It was all very cute. They were quite cute in this episode. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Archer decides, all right, I'll be the bigger man. But mostly do this as a way to, to, to like be a pretentious dick and have Vanek over for dinner. And literally everyone is really rude to each other all fucking dinner long until Archer makes a 
fool of himself and declares, Vanek, I accuse you of spying on us. And Vanek's like, that is not what is happening, dude. Uh, no. And even though T'Pol is like the equ Vulcan equivalent of pissed off at Trip for reading her letter, she goes to him for advice about the letter. And what we learn is that she has this arranged marriage coming up and her fiancé is threatening to call it off if she doesn't come back to Vulcan and stays on Enterprise and all this thing. And Tripp's response, as, you know, a normal person with human ways of thinking about things, is, well, what do you want? Which is, which is a little bit, how do you feel? And like any Vulcan, T'Pol doesn't understand the question. Yeah. So Trip storms out, you're the one who asked advice, and my advice is to eat pecan pie, it's delicious. And he leaves. And T'Pol's left to figure it out on her own. Down on Comet, things are going badly, and Reed and Mayweather have to get the shuttle pod stuck in a crevasse somehow, and that's a thing they do. And Archer refuses to admit that grappling hooks aren't as good as tractor beams, and he'd rather get his two guys killed than acquiesce to some snooty Vulcan who was offered assistance. But Trip and T'Pol convince him to be the bigger man and, you know, save the fucking lives of his crew. So they do that. Vanek leaves and, you know, is a jerk about it. Archer lets him leave and is a jerk about it. T'Pol decides to stay on the Enterprise. Fiance be damned. Pecan pie all around the end. I can understand being a little leery of the Vulcans just because, like, you know, a week ago we sort of blew up their spot, as the kids say. So yeah, is that I what think, the kids you know, say? What does that mean? Put a spotlight on something they didn't want a spotlight put on, I think. Oh, wow. Um, so you're using hip young kids speak, but you don't even know what it means. I, I never do. Oh. Anywho, so I can understand being like, huh, we kind of revealed that whole spy thing recently. They're maybe going to try to kill me. So, I mean, I, I can kind of see them being extra leery at first. They're not going to try to kill them. They're Vulcans. Sabotage them? Sabotage? Sabotage? Sabotage. Listen, that was mostly Cartwright. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I love that it's called Breaking the Ice. When... Well, it works on so many levels. <laughs> no, it works on, it works on, oh shit, there's ten minutes left of the episode and nothing has happened. Quick, let's have the shuttle almost get destroyed. But for, for, an, uh, for a reason that scientifically made sense, yeah, because nice. it was that part, that part of the comet was going to be revealed to the sun. Yeah, yeah. Th this, what, no, nothing happened. For all that nothing has happened in a lot of these episodes, nothing has happened the most in this one. T'Pol learned that she wanted to stay on the Enterprise. Yep, and that was about five minutes of a 50-minute episode. Yep. This she was... didn't figure it out on her own either. She had to ask Trip. Yeah. Oh, what did he do? Well, yeah, but I feel like it has to happen organically. Yeah, oh, fair enough. So, like... This is always awkward when Tr Chris tries to force a joke. Well, no, 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 it's because I said something... Sorry, I didn't mean to stab you just then. I said something kind of funny know? while we were watching. I don't remember why exactly. It was like, you know, she to Paul's like, oh, and I've decided to not go marry that guy. And, uh, you know, oh, thanks, like, you know, oh, thanks, Trip, for the relationship advice. And, you know, he's like, oh, no problem. I always fuck up people's relationships. Relation trips, I call them. You know, like, I don't know. I just, uh, it was funny at the time. You had to be there, I guess. Cut all this. I'm, sh I'm sure I did. <laughs> wow. Ames does not give a fuck today. What? I like that about her. You didn't want to have to tell the story. Well, it's because I couldn't, like, remember exactly. It's just... <laughs> I always feel awkward when I try to make those jokes happen again. 
I'm just better off the cuff, you know? Yeah, agreed. That's, and that's, that's fine. We can see if we find another moment of glory in this episode. Let's find it. Uh, yeah, it was nominated else, for an Emmy. happened in this episode. <laughs> in I visual per- effects. Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. It lost yeah, a broken bow. was great. I did like the snowman. I thought that was very cute. I thought Mayweather was kind of cute in this episode. They almost let Mayweather do something again. <laughs> and oh. then they injured him instead. Uh, like, unlike like the Mayweather. world's shortest drop, too. Unlike a very small comet, which means the gravity's probably also low to boot. Also, God, vi- visual... Vi- I, the... Like, I... You okay, Chris? No. The comet set could not have looked more like styrofoam if they tried, I think. <laughs> like, That's guys, why you have <laughs> decades of experience making styrofoam look like other things. How did you fuck this one up so badly? Yeah, it's true. It was really unconvincing, even for a Star Trek set. And that's saying something. I did like the snowmen. And Archer could get fucked for not letting them have their fun. Yeah, I mean, what were they supposed to be doing while the mine was, while the drill was drilling? Like, there's nothing to really be doing. Who cares if the Vulcans see them make a snowman? Yeah, we're all so worried that the Vulcans are going to judge us for things that that just turns out to be us judging the Vulcans. Yeah. Maybe we're up. We said it five minutes ago. Vulcans are the worst, but let them be the worst on their own. The whole dinner scene was was like agonizing to watch. I and I think that was the point. The point was it for to like be like, oh, God, this is so awkward. Archer should not have done this. He should not have. Which dinner scene? The, when, when they had dinner with the Vulcan captain. Oh, yeah. Which, honestly, I would say the Star Trek VI dinner scene was less uncomfortable. Right. Look who's coming to dinner. Oh, well, that was uh... very uncomfortable, but that wasn't in the scene. <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think so much of it is also Archer being a little bit tone deaf. Deeply. And thinking that, oh, if I'm talkative, the Vulcans will be talkative back to me. And not realizing, no, that's not how they do. That, that's... That's not like if you got like certain people who don't like conversing a lot, who don't like small talk and tried to small talk with them. You're just making matters worse. Yeah, he's, he's used to the Vulcans that have worked on Earth and learned to force themselves to play the game. Mm. This is probably one of his first like proper Vulcans. <laughs> first proper Vulcan. <laughs> How very amusing. Do we ever learn anything about the fabled chef on the ship? Because we know that he made pecan pie, and then I went out that night uh, after watching the show and had pecan pie. Uh, no, he, he is one of those classic, always mentioned, never properly seen characters. Uh, like Villexpran. I think we see his hand once, <laughs> maybe. Or Felix. Yeah, it's like definitely a presence, because we hear about him all the time, but we never Constant. know who he is. Yeah, just chef. I also thought it was pretty clear that they actually got children to draw all the children's drawings that you see. Mm. Because many times when I see, like, in a show, like, whenever you have to look at a child's drawing, it's clearly an adult try to do it in the child's style, which is not at all how kids actually draw. Because it's always a little too perfect in its imperfection. But these were mm. clearly kids' things. And one of them I noticed, it was uh, the one with the monster, the, the alien, I think, with the Vulcan. Yeah. There was a little kitty in the corner. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I was like, yep, that's definitely what a kid does. They, they will just add in random shit into the, into the drawing. Or that kid had seen Alien. Oh, that's good. 
I don't think a little kid would see Alien. Uh, it depends on how irresponsible their parents are. Mm. Jake, when did you see Alien? Um, I don't know. It was probably like, I was probably a little older. It was probably like 10 at least. A little older. 10. <laughs> Listen, I, I, compared to RoboCop, yeah, I was I an d- old man. <laughs> I, I do have one problem with the drawings. How did they get them? They were emailed and then printed out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, could be. But it looked like they were supposed to be the originals. Yeah, because because Archer even asked which one which one do you want to put up in your quarters? And they got like one of each. It's like print out another one. Thick paper, like they're their fastest ship. That's a good question. Maybe okay. Here's an idea. Maybe they were already on the ship, and they just opened them now because they were doing that recording for the kids. But they were supposed to come back to Earth first, and then they decided against it. To avoid the kids, obviously. Clearly. I mean, we don't know know. exactly what course they've been taking. At some point, they may have doubled back for some supplies, and it was part of that drop. But at first, I I still am just kind of like, wait a minute. (laughs) Hold it. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) I I doubt they had the Vulcans drop them off, because I don't think the Vulcans would be willing to deliver post. Well, they delivered to Paul's email. Email, yes, but this was like, you know, a poster tube would have been involved. You can beam those. <laughs> Maybe it was just a, a relay of beaming the same cardboard tube over between different mm-hmm. ships. There we go. That could be. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I, uh, I was very nonplussed with this episode. I, I, I don't have much. Oh, it's a, sh- it's a shame. It's a shame because this is also the first one without Berman or Braga in the writing credits. Mm. Uh, this was actually Maria and Andre, is it Jaquetaman? Jockmatin? Whoever, the, the people who, who uh, wrote for Mad Men and got awards for Mad Men stuff. Wow. Those people. Well, it's good that they eventually found their stride with a different show. <laughs> See, I thought the, yeah. the, the conflict of T'Pol has to get married, so she has to decide what she wants, even though she doesn't know what she wants because what she wants is illogical. Like, you shouldn't have to think, you know, Vulcans don't think, what do I want? They think what is logical. And when Trip tells her you should do what you want, and it, like, she's like, she just doesn't get it. She's like, but that, that, what are these words you're saying, Trip? I don't get it. Well, here's the thing. I feel like this would have been more effective if I gave a shit about that character. Because I feel like, for the most part, she's just been a dick the whole time. Oh, true. So I I just feel like this would have been a better episode for, like, further down the line. So you actually feel like, oh, no, not not our dear to Paul. We love her so. What will the ship be without her? Instead, it's like, good. I just... Good fucking riddance. Get married. At this point, I feel like the only one that... It's not even that I care about Mayweather. It's that because the poor fuckers had nothing to do, he hasn't annoyed me yet. Yeah, and the couple of things he has done are usually endearing things. He's very, like, he's very cute. I like yeah, him a lot. Like making a snowman or sitting on the ceiling somewhere or being in- uncomfortable about the butterfly tongue women. Like he's, yeah, yeah. he seems realistic so far. They I just, also think he's 10,000 times more attractive than Trip. I don't know. I like Connor. I like Connor Trenier enough, so I'm good with him. I also like that he decides to tell her that he knows about her personal thing. Yeah, that was because that it was, is because it's the right thing to do. And he is a very like honest person. So that, yeah. that whole mini story was solid. I wish like, Hoshi did anything. 
but I'll be saying that all show long. No, no, let's be fair. Sometimes she smiles at inappropriate times. Does she? I feel like, I don't remember if it was uh, it was the first episode this week, where they're like, oh no, our like team has been taken captive and we're waiting to hear anything. And then she just like smilingly is like on the comms like, oh, we're getting something. Well, I, I think like, that was the wrong, it, it was, you know, it was supposed to be like a relief smile and she fucked up. I don't know if I think that's right. I think she was smiling before it even started happening. I don't know. I I, I don't I don't know about I want I want to like her and I want to like DePaul, but DePaul like really like I can't decide if she's just not a good actress. Yeah, I think that's also a thing because you can't yeah. cause I mean, with Vulcan like, acting you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, it's like are you just I, I don't know just not buying it. Yeah, I do oh. like the decision to have her you know, choose the Enterprise over her fiancé kind of thing, because I think that makes for a more approachable character for hopefully future episodes. Question marks, TBD, we'll see. The, the issue, the only issue with that, though, is that, like, it's a foregone conclusion what her choice will be. <laughs> fair, fair. And, like, yeah, this happens a lot in shows where there's a foregone conclusion, but you still find a way to make it Yeah, like, we're definitely going to save my, um, uh, Mayweather and Reed out of the crevasse. Yeah. They're not going to die. It'll be fine. Yeah, man. I know a few weeks ago when I was reading that quote, or no, you were reading the quote from um, Braga, I think, saying that like he feels like the theme song really didn't help with their initial reception. And it's like, buddy, <laughs> we're five episodes deep. You could have had the greatest theme song in the fucking world, and it would not have changed what we've just watched. We're eight episodes deep. Wow. I know. <laughs> There's still so little that has happened. Yeah. Hey, I swear, I remember liking some parts of this show, eventually. Well, we met we met Shran. That was good. Yeah. We like Shran. Not yet. Eventually oh. we'll like Shran. I like him. Well, we've met him at least. He's Jeffrey Combs. I, it doesn't matter. I like him anyway. Oh, back in the address to the classroom thing, when someone asks, do people date on the Enterprise or do people date in space? And Archers gives this long, like, awkward, like, oh, that wouldn't be a good idea because of the close quarters. And, you know, where would you do it? Where would you go? And a lot of people have to bunk up and all this thing. And I just imagined anyone around who was listening was just snickering because they've been doing it all along. <laughs> oh, God, Mayweather has totally brought people to that fucking upside down room to do it. <laughs> How would that work? Very carefully. And then Trip has to admit that he's totally wearing boots made of poop right now. Poop says, oh, I, have to, I have to tell everyone about the poop boots, Captain. Do it, Trip. You tell them everything. Cap'n. Cap'n. <laughs> <laughs> you and the Cap'n make it happen. By it, we mean poop, which becomes shoes. Poop shoes. Poop shoes. Poop on their shoes. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang it, I stepped in shit. Well, just means you got more boot. <laughs> Oh my god. I do hate their boots. I haven't even noticed their boots. What do they look like? I didn't until one of these episodes. They actually do a, like a couple of close-ups where you can see them. They're normal shoes, but then have this weird padded element around the ankle, which just makes it look like goofy children's snow boots. Oh man, I'll have to take a look next, next time they're on camera. They're normally hidden by the trousers, but there was one point where like, oh, I think it's when Reed was pacing in the first episode. Because they're zoomed in on the feet, and because Mayweather's sitting, his trousers are just high enough that you can see the padding. It's not trousers, it's a jumpsuit. The pant cuffs, then. Whatever the term would be when it's a jumpsuit. Pants. I like big pants, and I cannot lie. Good. Here's a question. 
Did we not tell Vanek about the Icelium in the comet? Nah. Because I feel like they kept nearly bringing it up when they're like, look at this comet. And he's like, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to sit and watch. And every so often I wanted them to be like, you might find this interesting. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, the comet. We've seen comets before. They're not that interesting. We're just, we're just, we're mostly here to send to Paul a message, but we're not going to tell you guys because it's awkward. And I feel like every so often they wanted to be like, hey, check out what we found on the comet. And he's like, not interested. It's full of Icelium. And maybe he'd get interested and they never do that. So I don't think they, I don't think anyone told him about the Icelium. Vulcans are bad at science. Like Explain. I know we said this a few <laughs> weeks ago. They don't seem to care about anything. Like, how are you people scientists? You don't seem to give a fuck about how anything functions. Or are you just like, we already know everything? Yeah, like, it's because it someone mind. else already did it. Everything to them has already been discovered. How arrogant. Hm. It's like how every book has already been written. I did enjoy... So this was another one of those episodes on Memory Alpha that some sad nerd was just transcribing oh, the call sheet stuff. And most totally. of the time, it's just really stupid. And like, just like, you know, so-and-so was called at 9 a.m. today. And that's the whole note. It's like, I don't care. But the way, th this note was pretty good in that in the props necessary to uh, uh, category and the call sheet, the listing was a snowman with two different heads. <laughs> right, right. I, oh, so it was just the head. Apparently. Apparently they oh. must have swapped in the head. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they just added the ears, I guess. That's, I guess I would have thought they would have just stuck the ears on, actually. So, yeah, that's that's surprising. Or had, or had a, full, a fully different snowman. Or that, yeah. I'm trying to find the message you sent me about this. Christ, what was it? It was about one of the caterers. Oh, right, yeah. It was a different caterer than the last time we saw caterers. And so I, oh, I know last time, we, last time we checked... <laughs> and I want to see, because I think that caterer was no longer in business, maybe? No, they were. They definitely were. Okay. I wanted to see if this one was. Jay walks catering. Well, so this is how low we've sunk, as we're actually looking up the catering notes. Yep. Wow. Oh, wow. It has its own memory alpha entry. Yay. Wow. This is so interesting. It's riveting. <laughs> I don't know what's sadder. The fact that someone put it on the entry for the episode or the fact that someone made a whole entry for the caterer and the whole entry is just the fact that they were the caterer for this one episode. I'll stop yeah. you. The, the only thing sadder is that we're still talking about it. That's also true. Well, yeah, that that is obvious, but... I don't know. If I got my hand on some call sheets, I would definitely transcribe them into Memory Alpha. Well, I was about to say it looks like they're still open, but this jaywalk is in Illinois and opened in 2009. So, huh. specify Los Angeles. My God, how is this conversation still happening? <laughs> how is this still happening? <laughs> please, please, we're, let's, we're let's waiting, do the blogtivity. We're just, waiting just, for Chris to, to, to Google a caterer from God 20 years it. ago. Man, <laughs> Scotty, what a character, huh? <laughs> I'm no one stopped me sooner. I was kind of waiting for it. All right, well, Jake has stopped you. Jake, lead us off. What? With what? Oh, about Scotty? You 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 start us off because I'm done talking for a minute. Okay. You do it. All right. Well, I guess I'll just introduce the blogtivity myself. Do Woo! it. As you all know, if you've been listening to our show, we've been talking about some of our favorite TOS characters. I mean, all of the TOS characters, not necessarily our favorites, but all of them. We like them all. They're all pretty good guys. And gals. Gals. It's not very gals. Gal. Gal. I don't know. We might cover our top three and bottom three 
Janice Rand moments. Oh, I do have Chapel They're on the docket. They're all from Charlie X, all six. Um, well, we'll talk Chapel at some point. It might true. just Chapel's be like got, two things. Chapel's got more shit going on. She brings, um, plum, she brings some uh, make soup that time. That's true. Anywho. Well, but next, anyway, this week, time. so last couple of weeks, you know, we talked, last week we talked about uh, Bones. The week before that, we talked about Spock. And we had talked about Kirk way back when during the pilot. But today, we're going to be talking about the greatest engineer in all of Starfleet, Scotty. Montgomery Scotty. I'm fucking sorry. You mean Argyle. (laughs) He does mean Argyle. I mean, the best engineer of the 23rd century. Okay, okay. Argyle was just a baby at this time. How old is Argyle? Jesus Christ. Oh, he's he's ageless. (laughs) He might have just been a glint in his pappy's eyes at that point. Argyle's secretly an Elorian. Um, okay, so I guess I'll start it off that, actually. with the uh, with with my top Scotty moments, and yes. uh, I'll, I'll, I have a I'll have a um, honorable, uh, I'll have mention. honorable mention, but I'll save it till the end just in case nobody comes up with it. So I think to start us off, I'm going to give uh, what I just think it's a beautiful moment. It's kind of a sad moment, but also beautiful and well done by James Doohan. And I'll just I'll just quote it as opposed to describing it. No bloody A, B, <laughs> C, or D. I'm, of course, referring to the moment when uh, Scotty wants to reminisce about the old Enterprise when oh, he's that is uh, sweet. on the D. So he goes to the holodeck. And uh, yeah, it's a good moment. It is. I say my next favorite moment of Scotty's is um, I'm always interested in, in uh, interesting problem solving techniques by our heroes. And I have to say, no one could have done this as well as Scotty did. And I mean, of course, drinking the Kelvin under the table. Perfect. I'm glad someone brought it up because that's great. It's green. <laughs> um, which he also uses that line, I think, in the... Um, or actually, no, Data uses Data, that line. Data oh, yeah, does, yeah, yeah. and I think it's out of character. Yeah, but it's a joke for Scotty. Yeah, but Scotty should have made the joke is what I'm saying. And well, it yes. belonged in Lower Decks. Come on now. Um, <laughs> And I, even though these are in no particular order, this one's definitely the top. When he sabotages the fu- sabotages the fucking Excelsior by taking some bolts or something out, we don't know. He hands them to to, to McCoy. But yeah, because yeah, what a badass move right there, right? Um, you know, just taking down Starfleet's brand new flagship, Captain Fancy Baton. He's gonna be pissed. Yeah, we see him get pissed. So yeah, those are my those are my tops. Who's next? Me. Good. Nice. Do it. Favorite Scotty moments. Obviously, I know this is an easy one, and I don't care. I love <laughs> when he's trying to talk to a computer in the 1980s. Yay! Talking into the mouse. I know it's obvious. I don't care at all. I love that moment too. I this is more of like a James Doohan moment, but uh, which. Oh, God. Which film is it where his, like, nephew passes in the second movie? James Doohan, like, acts his balls off in that scene, and it's really beautiful and sad, which I kind of thought was the scene, you, The scene in Medbay? When the when his nephew, like, dies in his arms or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought he acted the hell out of it. It's not, like, a nice, happy moment, but it's a beautiful James Doohan moment. And the best thing that Scotty ever did was save that girl that was suicidal. By making her come to all of those cons. That's my serious joke answer. I don't know if I'm going to put that in the blog because that wasn't a Scotty moment, but. Yeah, huh? It was a James Doohan moment. <laughs> oh, come on. 
All right. Um, the fact that he didn't actually kill all those sex workers in uh, Wolf in the Fold. <laughs> <laughs> Despite all the evidence suggesting that he had. He still got away with one there. Oh, my God. Yeah, and backtracking, it is it is very, very lovely that, that uh, James Doohan was good to his fan like that. Uh, I, I agree that is a, that is a great um, Doohan moment, Caitlin. Oh, thanks, yeah. Do you have other good moments, Chris? Uh, I'm going to go with the time he flung himself headlong at Apollo and who mourns for Adonis. Really? There's something so charming about how stupid that move was. Jesus Christ. He was like... I can't possibly beat you, but I'm gonna try. And that's, you know, can't help but be like, well, you, you sure did, buddy. Yikes. Uh, All for the wrong Robert, reasons, too. <laughs> telling Robert Fox to go fuck himself in a taste of Armageddon. Yes, I have that one, too. That's a good one. Because he figured out that Anon 7 was impersonating Kirk. Yeah, yeah. He told that guy to go fuck himself, the pompous windbag. I don't remember this. He was just this overbearing diplomat who tried to take over the ship, and Scotty was like, nah. Good job, Scotty. Except with the other hand, because he was missing that finger. Nah. Do you have any more? Fuck, I had a third one. What the hell was it? The... <laughs> the face he makes at Kirk in the shuttle pod <laughs> in Star Trek The Motion Picture. Yikes. That's another doing moment, Chris. I know, I don't mean it. <laughs> Right, it is amazing, though. While you're still thinking of your third, I'll say I'll yeah. say a couple that I think are good. First of all, uh, just because uh, like I, it's one of few redeeming moments from the animated series mm. when he makes friends with that slug monster in the eye of the beholder and saves the day out of fucking nowhere. I don't remember that, but I'll take your word for it. They definitely did, and we made lots of jokes about how the series should just become like adventures of the two of them having a good time forever and ever. Well, that I mean, Dylan was doing all the fucking voices anyways. Might as well <laughs> just made it his series. Poor uh, let's see. Here's a... What other ones do I want? Because I have a lot, a lot of honorable mentions on my list. Let's see. Let's go with... Um, in Bread and Circuses, Kirk is down on planet and tells Scotty not to interfere. And the line that Scott gives later in the episode is, they're in trouble and I'm under orders not to interfere. However, no order can stop me from frightening them. (laughs) (laughs) And then out of fucking nowhere, he causes a blackout on planet for no reason. And it's what actually Kirk and crew use to like get out of whatever predicament they were in. So it just happens to be useful when it really shouldn't have been. Ah, yes. General Order 23, planet-wide blackout. Yeah, just be a dick for no fucking reason. God, there's a lot of good moments we haven't brought up yet. Which other one do I want? Let's go... Oh, I have another good one, too, but after you're done, Ames. Yeah, yeah. Okay, is is it... I lost it on my list. Where did it fucking go? Playing the bagpipes in Twok. No. Mm. Mm. Just because, and that, that that is also a, a Dewan moment, but it's also a Scotty moment, because I know Dewan was the one who made the decision to do that. Oh, wow. I'm glad everybody else's Dewan moments are perfectly acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't care. Oh, here we go. Six. You know how the man knows his ship inside and out? He's able to realize that something is hidden in a vent because the AC feels wrong. When was this mm. from? Star Trek Six. 
I don't remember this. He finds the uniforms. He's literally like sitting in the dining room, pouring over blueprints. And he's like, something doesn't feel right in here. And he like puts his hand by the vent. He's like, (laughs) what the f- Like that, that is a man in tune with his ship. Mm -hmm. I am a little surprised no one has brought up defending the Enterprise and the trouble with Tribbles yet. That was what my new one was going to be. That's what I was going to add was that he Mm. starts a fight. Not because of Kirk. Yes. <laughs> who, as we know, is a jerk, uh-huh. but because of the ship. I also just wrote down, anytime Scott is wearing a kilt. <laughs> yep, that's fair enough. Yeah, I have to, uh, so I guess my, my honorable mention, it's kind of already been said, I think Chris said it, because it's, it's from A Taste of Armageddon. It's basically, but I'll ex- since it's an honorable mention, I'll just extend it to anytime Scotty is commanding the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he just ha- he's just, he's just no fucking bullshit. Unless yeah, there t- is bullshit. There is sometimes yeah. bullshit, and you'll see on my bottoms list when that happened. But, like, he was totally ready to do General Order 24 on on that, on that those motherfuckers. Yeah. He would have done it. He would have, and he probably should have. He's always hyper-competent, like... Yeah, he's just a, like, like... Go for it, Chris. It, it's really weird. It's like, this guy went in the wrong... Tra- like, he probably would have done great in the command yeah, track, he, he just clearly cares track. about building shit more. Yeah, he likes to read his technical journals. Yeah. yeah. Just another great Scott moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he great does, Scott. he is a captain at, eventually, so, but not a, like a, ca- he, the rank of captain, but not yeah. a ship captain. You can be a captain without captaining a ship? In Starfleet, yeah, it's, just a, it's just a, it's just, well, it's a rank. You can be in, even in the Navy, I think so. Doesn't Ben Sisko get made a captain before <clears throat> he's technically captaining a ship? No, he gets made a captain after he has the Defiant. Oh. So the thing, I know Damn. in the Navy... You can have the title of captain without having the rank of captain. Yeah, well, it's like a, it's, it's a naval tradition that anyone who is commanding a ship is referred to yeah. as captain. But, but Scotty does actually hold the rank of captain at some point. Yeah, and like the, the way the ranks map to like ranks in the army, for example, like captain is, is very high. It's I think it's like, equivalent to a colonel yeah captain in the army's low as hell yeah captain in the army's like very low hmm. um it's like right it's like above lieutenant um but yeah but, like i don't think spock is ever like once he's captain of the enterprise in two i think his official rank is still captain even after kirk is back and he's at yeah because because again it's just it's just it's just a rank he wouldn't be demoted just because he's not actively commanding the ship Unlike the motion picture, where for some reason they insisted Deckard had to pretend to be a commander. Yeah, that's strange. That's a good point. That is strange. I wonder, actually, well, I wonder if Deckard actually was the rank of captain. Yeah, ever. they could. They mentioned that it would be a temporary field demotion to commander. Oh. Specifically. Well, just to make Deckard's day worse. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, Fuck it, you, Deckard. Here are my, my additional honorable mentions. He installs a Romulan cloaking device on the Enterprise without having any idea how the fuck to hook it up. That's true. Yeah, but did anybody die? Did it work? Come on. Yeah, it did. That's it just did it. work. They got away. Well, it had oh, no right oh, I'm to sorry, work. This is an honorable mention, not a bad one. Sorry, I thought we'd moved on to bad. And no, no, yeah, no, no, these, no, are, the, these are my honorable mention good ones. Yeah, 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 that is a good one. Sorry. Two more, two more. Um, one, one that also is good, because I recently re-listened to some of our episodes from TOS, and we were giving him lots of credit in the Doomsday Machine for literally fixing a ship while it is, is a, it is on fire behind him. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> I forgot right. about that. And that was just a very Scotty moment. And the last one 
is just a little, little tiny moment. And it's very strange. And that's in the final frontier after Cybok has come and done his weird, not brainwashing, freeing your mind thing that Cybok does. And Uhura is coming on to Scott like, whoa. And Scott says, I don't think I could take it in my condition or yours. And I give him credit for not taking advantage of any of the situation. Yeah, I forgot about that. So good on him. Good man. Yeah. Good man. He's, He's a good, good man, man all around. Here's some times when he wasn't so great. Hooray! (laughs) So we we were just talking about how great he knows his ship. Oh, boy. And there's a moment in Star Trek V when he's even talking about how well he knows his ship. He walks through a door and (laughs) knocks himself out on a a beam that's just, just there. He just hits the beam with his head, out cold. Not a great look, Scotty. Not a great look. Yeah, that was just one of those, we have to have a comedy moment, so here it is. Little forced. Yeah. This is, I mean, I just think this is kind of a dick move by Scotty. Beaming all of the Tribbles onto the Klingon ship. Where I had no that Tribble too. at all. Yeah, because they're going to kill all those Tribbles, right? Absolutely, oh, yeah. or beam those them into tribbles space. Are dead. He just sentenced all those Tribbles to death. Mm-hmm. And then... I'm going to take uh, one of one of the, the top moments that was mentioned and be a Debbie Downer about it and say, giving the recipe for transparent aluminum to the guy <laughs> in 1986. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was thinking that was kind of a faux pas myself. No, no. See, um, Hello, computer is amazing. Oh, yeah, that's great. Breaking but- the temporal fi- uh, prime directive. Scott, no. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like this isn't like going back and like stepping on a butterfly, breaking the prime directive. This is like literally giving in super advanced technology to very primitive people, hundreds of years before they're supposed to have it. It's giving a a, a, a handheld tractor beam to a primitive butterfly collector. Okay, but <laughs> is that better or worse than giving someone uh, kidney regrowing drugs? Because I mean, I feel like they must be able to tell, like, they'll take a blood sample. They'll know what's in her system. They'll be able to work out how that kidney was replaced. That's, it's, you know? it's one person, though, whilst the transparent aluminum affects a whole society. It will benefit everyone. And frankly, exactly. I was going to put the giving a woman a pill to regrow her kidney on my naughty, naughty McCoy list anyway, so... Oh, well. Yeah, I'm the one that put it on the good list, so... No, both you and Jake did. Yeah, I had it on my good list, too. <laughs> and you know i'm gonna even though we do the honorable dishonorable mention at the end i'm gonna mention mine now just because it's another instance where it's somebody else's good moment <laughs> that's one of my bad moments and that's just like the way scotty was acting with apollo and the girl and the fucking stupid jealousy and the whole oh, the, reason he the fought jealousy apollo. was dumb yeah yeah and i was have dumb i have who mourns for adonais on my worst moments twice. Because nice. A, there's the thinking he can get into, is it Palamas? Palamas, yeah. Palamas? Thinking like he that. can get in her pants when she has clearly already said that she isn't interested. Scott, stop it. Bad Scott. And then thinking he can take on Apollo when he very clearly can't and he's only doing it to get in Palamas's pants. Bad Scott! Bad! <laughs> <laughs> And she wants to be with Apollo. Like, she's made this clear. Exactly. Which is a terrible idea. Oh, a terrible idea, for sure. But still, respect women's choices. Even when they're bad. Even when they're bad. 
Especially when they're bad. <laughs> you have a third aims? Well, I'm going I'm to condense those into one so that I can have two other ones. Because, uh, let's see, these other good ones. Good God. In an episode called Metamorphosis, which is the one where we meet Zephyr and Copgren on a planet. Mm. And leave yeah, a woman a there with a job from a cloud, right? Yeah, that's the one. But it's okay because it's a lady cloud. Weird. No um, homo. <laughs> Scott apparently. is in charge of the ship, and he decides, "Well, we lost the captain and whoever else was on this shuttle fraud. We know they went in this direction, so we're going to search every single possible planet." <laughs> and that is not engineer talk, Scott. That is not how an engineer solves a problem. <laughs> That's how I solve a problem. <laughs> it's how a man who wants to put someone else in charge so he can go day drink solves a problem. Right. And my other one that was also a when Scott is in charge and fucks something up is in Friday's Child when everyone's down on planet watching the woman give birth and slapping her around a little. Scott's up on Enterprise and the Klingons come in and they basically prank phone call him and say, hey, we're totally in distress over here. Giggle, giggle, giggle. Don't come save us or anything. He, 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 they definitely won't do it. And then Scott vanishes off into wherever the fuck Scott goes because he fell for the Klingon's ruse like twice or three times. Idiot. <laughs> no, Scotty. I don't have any bad moments. Mr. Scott is nothing but perfection. Except when he kept killing all those women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Uh, so I'm also going to say the headbang, because that was the first thing I thought of when I was like, what has Scotty done that was dumb? Oh, that in Star Trek V. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. It's not even that's... a good joke. <laughs> no, it's terrible. We talked about this a little last week. Getting a case of misogyny. Yes, yes. Getting a, yep. That's, see, that's the thing in Wolf in the Fold that's just fucking stupid. So dumb. Like, the killing all the women... I could like sure, why not? That's funny. Uh but <laughs> Sounds like Ames has got a little case of the misogyny. Yeah, you're gonna have to bring me to a brothel, evidently. Alright. Ugh, you can that do could be that. Fun. I don't want to go to a brothel. Yeah, I have no interest in going to a brothel. I mean uh, I have interest, but no need. You know? Yeah, it's but it, because a woman in the workplace, like, I think it was like she bumped his head and he got a concussion or something. And he's like, oh, no, now that a woman has done something wrong, he will hate all women. McCoy, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, 60s logic. Yeah, that's really all I got. Was it just the two? Yeah. Yeah, there aren't, because there are also, there's not a lot of bad moments for Scott. I'm going to throw a dishonorable mention on the list because uh, a lot of people give him flack for this. I give him flack for this. I know you guys might might defend him and feel free. Bringing his dying nephew to the bridge instead of Med Bay in the Wrath of Khan. Idiot. Yeah, yeah it's, it's dumb, but I, I assume shock. That, no, no, I can't assume shock because that doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, I mean, he should be trained to deal with stuff like this. He's yeah, the chief engineer. Oh, it's his family. It's his sister's only boy. Yeah, when someone is dying, why? Like, the, the, it shouldn't even cross your brain to go uh, like to the opposite side of the ship with him. Well, maybe he knew McCoy was on the bridge. And McCoy so... was not on the bridge. Shh. <laughs> he knew McCoy was on the bridge. I <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing. It no, was it was just, it was because he just wanted to rub in Kirk's face that something went wrong. And that's, then that, if he'd gone to Medbay faster. Wait, is that faster, Scotty or doing? <laughs> yes, yes. 
Uh, if he'd gone to directly to Med Bay, Preston may have been saved. Let's go with no, though. No what? That he well, wouldn't have been he saved. He would have died anyway. Oh, that Preston would have died? Possibly, yeah. He, he got did. so many deep radiation burns. Uh, and one sad. last little one, just because I think this is real dumb. And it's mostly the acting, but it also just looks real stupid. In Spock's brain, to create a distraction... He pretends to faint, and it just looks stupid. <laughs> it's like, whoa! And the women are like, oh, what's happening? And then Kirk steps in front of them, and he's like, I'm Kirk! And that's it. <laughs> I've used this, this half-a-second distraction to walk over here. I feel like that episode is just a dishonorable mention for any character <laughs> that was in it. Except McCoy, who yeah, hooks got, up a brain! <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Faith in Bagora. Except that's an Irish stereotype thing, not Scottish. Fuck. Bagpipes and... Not clow collage. What word am I looking for? Uh, haggis? Uh, haggis! <laughs> oh, boy, oh boy. Oh, here we go. I don't know if this counts. Dishonorable mention, that fucking accent doing. <laughs> I don't know. It's better than Chekhov's Russian. That's True. Cool. Wessels, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> oh, dearie, dear. Well, I feel like that's a fine place to end it. Hooray! So yes, thank you for joining us on episode three hundred twenty. Woohoo! As always, you can find us on Facebook and, as of right now, Twitter. Again, we'll see if they actually start charging and which point we are fucking gonzo. Tumblr, where we will have our Scotty discussion. You can see our past discussions and all sorts of past things. 99% courtesy of Ames. <laughs> you know, keep listening on your favorite soundtrack, not soundtrack. Soundtrack. Podcast device. That's the word. And, uh, you know, join us. Join us next week as we desperately wait for Enterprise to find its stride with Civilization and Fortunate Son. Please, Enterprise, give us something to look forward to. <laughs> Until then, this has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. And this is always Jake. Do you want to build a snowman? Nah. I don't <laughs> actually know the song. I've never seen the movie. Someone else sing the song. What song? I want to build a snowman. It's from Frozen. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about like the... I don't know what you're doing to do, Jake. That's, that's from The Snowman, I think, right? Yeah, it's from The, yeah. the Snowman. But anyway, we should not sing any more of the song than that, because Disney's lawyers will find and obliterate us from orbit. Listen, oh, if no. TikTok exists, we can sing part of a song. Well, yeah, but I, I feel like we've maybe, I think you get like 30 seconds, and like, I, I say we just... I don't know what song right. that is. Let's clap it out. Sounds like the Muppets theme. Was it Doug? Was that Doug, Jake? That was, oh. that was Seinfeld. Oh, that was Seinfeld. Oh. How does Doug go? That's how the Doug theme goes. <laughs> Thank you. 
Let's talk about these episodes. Here we go. Oh yeah, who's introducing this mess? This bitch. Woo! Yeah, I got, I got, a, I got a, a thing written up so I can be very angry at things. Good girl. Nice. As I do. As I am wont to do. Mm-hmm. 